Hello, fellow travelers, and welcome to the episode number 52 of The Unbroken Ground. That was the goal that I set for myself when I started this whole podcast, and um, yeah, done it for uh, 52 t- episodes, along with some bonus episodes. So if you're keeping score at home, yes, there are more than 52 episodes, but there are only 52 episodes that occur on Sunday and are just me. Uh, all the other episodes uh, either have my friend Jim, uh, my friend Travis and Olivia, or um, interviews with people, um, just kind of asking them about their lives. So, uh, but this is, this is the 52nd time um, I have sat down to do this. And uh, once a week was kind of the goal. Um, No clue what's going to happen after I have completed this goal. Uh, And it's Christmas Eve, uh, so not even taking that off. Um, Actually, (coughs) excuse me, actually just spent a whole... um, weekend serving at church singing in a worship choir uh and so we it's been super busy and uh, we are so we're not going to get to go see family this year so um i am going to take some time to do this podcast so i hope that uh sometime probably not over the holidays but maybe um if you're you need something to listen to that you could listen to this and that would bring you some uh peace joy love all those great things um this is the last uh podcast of Advent. So it's 52, but it's also the last one that we're talking about with that that addresses Advent. So here we go. Episode 52, Love, Advent 2023. Hope that you uh, really enjoyed uh, the Advent series and that you continue to um, think about it. Uh, and um, yeah, let's jump in. So yeah, here we are, the end of a journey, um, and we are in, in so many ways. Uh, so for sure, um, thinking about the end of a journey as we think about the end of um, Advent, um, we'll recognize that. Also, uh, the end of a journey as we think about uh, the podcast, and, and as far as a season, we call this season one. Do we call this good? Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it is the end of the Advent season. Traditionally, it ends with the candle for love being uh, lit on Christmas Eve um, or the week that at least holds Christmas Eve. Of course, this year it's a little weird because Christmas Eve is, is on a Sunday and, and that's not the norm. Um, so um, the whole, yeah, we end, we end um, our time uh, this year Um although there'll probably be a a look back episode next week or something like that on New Year's Eve. um, Yeah, uh, we we want to think about love and and just what that means. Um, And I thought, um, I've thought through several different things to maybe talk about, but I think the thing that really... Uh, has struck me, and and I don't know how long I'll go on this one. This one may be a short one. It's a holiday one, so maybe we'll see. Uh, I always say that, and then all of a sudden I end up talking longer than I expected. But here we go. Um, when I think about, if somebody wanted wanted me to explain to them um, God's love, or or why why is God's love so. Uh, special or important, or uh, why is it so meaningful? 
um, I think that the place that I go is that it's, it's the fact that God's love is freely given and it's extravagant. It's, it's unearned and it is abundant. And I want to unwrap that a little bit uh, because so much of our life, um, we, we crave and we desire this validation that we are worthwhile. Um, so we, when, we, when we're born, we crave that from our parents when, and they may or may not have, have uh, worked with us in a healthy way in order to give that, but, but, but we still have that craving. We want to know that we are worth being loved. Uh, it's, it seems to be just a basic human condition. Um, like as, as babies, uh, they did some scientific studies back in the day when you could still, um, you know, experiment on humans, which you can't anymore, which is a good thing, but you could, you used to. And, and they, they, um, basically did this experiment with, uh, with babies where they had some babies that they would, um, just ignore and not give physical touch and not um, care for. Um, I mean, they would feed them, they would give them all the thing they need, but they wouldn't do anything extra. And those babies actually failed to thrive. Um, I think uh, they actually didn't survive, basically. Um, and even though they had all the um, all the nutrients they needed, all the water they needed, they had all the health care they needed, they just failed to thrive because they didn't feel love. They didn't feel loved. Um, which is a pretty insane thing to when you think about it. But um, on the other hand, it's not. Because we do, we drive, so much of the world is driven by the idea of love. Um, what, what we would do for love, what we do for love, what, what's, what, um, what's acceptable to do in the name of love. All those things, um, really, yeah, they, they wrap around this concept of what it means to, to love or be loved. And it's, it is one of the things that Jesus talked about when he came to the earth. Um, a lot of what he talked about was love. I mean, he talked about love for God and then, and then um, love for, their, for our neighbors and how that was the two greatest commandments, was to love our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Um, and, and, and as I, if you, um, have read any of my blogs, you know that I, I talked about this a little bit in, um, the, the, the idea of peace, which is that, um, Jesus came and he wanted to make the load on, on following God very light because it, it had become very complicated. It had become very heavy and it had become very much a rules-based item checklist of what it means to follow God. And, and so when he came, he, he, he basically said, yep, all of the law and all of the rules, actually you can um, fulfill them if you do two things. And, and they were this, that, that you would be, that you would be obsessed, that you'd be in love with the laws and the truth of who God is and what he wants you to do. So if you would love God with everything you have, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and if you would love others, if you would be obsessed with loving others well, then you, he said, this is what, this is what Paul says, this is what Jesus says. He says, if you do that, then you'll take care. Like the, the, the following God will just be taken care of because you will follow the things that God cares the most deeply about to see you do. 
So, so Jesus came to give us peace. And one of the things he gives us peace is that he gives us a lightened load, which means that he doesn't just come and say, hey, oh, you have rest because I don't have things for you to do. What he says is that you don't have to you don't have to go around chasing a checklist after checklist after checklist to make sure that you aren't um, doing the right things or you are doing the right things or um, to to confirm that you haven't missed anything uh, to and, and you don't have to lay awake at night worrying if maybe you should have done something that you didn't do and you just forgot or or in the moment you just it just it just slipped your mind and you just and there's, you can't go back and, and do anything about that Um God says, I want to release you from that. And Jesus says, I want to release you from that because that is not, that doesn't produce followers. Um, and, um, and I think that for Jesus, he understood the heart and he knew that because it doesn't produce followers, then it, it wasn't um, going to be worthwhile to chase after. If, if you're chasing after the, the checklist, if you're ch- chasing after all the minutia of trying to follow God and, and know God and, and, and be known by God, um, and yet it doesn't produce a follower or the type of people that actually knows God or follows God, then, then and I think in Jesus's eyes, why would we do that? Why, what's, what's the purpose or what's the benefit of doing that? There's, there's not one. Um, and so in, our, in the same way, what he what he when he brings to us is this peace that says you don't have to chase after every single little bit of law. Um, you just need to love God with all you have, and if you love God with all you have, miraculously or maybe not so miraculously, because it kind of makes sense. If you love God with all you have and you want to do things that please God, you want to do things well, then you will avoid sin. And if you love others as yourself, again, if you put yourself. Um, and lower than others, if you if you uh, you know honor others, then uh, you will avoid sin. Uh, if you love others as as you as you would love yourself, then then you would avoid sin, and 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 you would have a load. You would be following God, um, maybe better even than if you had rules to follow. You would be creatively following God, um, and that that brings peace. And then I think that. Hand in hand in that, because of the the idea of love, is that the we have to remember, or we know, have to know that the motivation of being like God is only good when it's fueled by the desire to know Him and make Him known. The only time that desire to be like God is when it's fueled by the humble desire to know Him and make Him known. See when we were we were and 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 that comes from the idea of of wanting to love God, and and wanting to and wanting to be loved by God. We wanted we want to be seen as acceptable as accepted by by God because we want to we have that desire. It's a it's a part of our soul that that's something that we want. Um, some people call it a God shaped hole. Uh, some people, others just say that's the longing. That's the, that's, that's what God has placed in our hearts so that we chase after him. Um, he sometimes plays the part of the hard to get so that we have to chase after him. Um, because we are built, if we, if we are built to be our true selves, to be fully into truth of who we are, then we have to accept and we have to know that we are to practice love. And um, 
not just practice love, not just feel love, like, wow, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, I feel love for all people. I don't know. But actually, what, what we see in John 3.16 and similar Bible verses um, is that love in God's eyes is really shaped more by action than by feeling. Um, which is not to say that you won't feel like you fall in love with somebody or that you won't feel, you won't have, you quote unquote, have feelings for somebody. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that, that the, the, the purpose of love and the product of love lasts long beyond even those initial butterfly feelings. Or even if you have deeper love feelings, the, the, the actions of love speak louder even than those feelings. Uh, you know, if you say that you love something, but then uh, you have to make a sacrifice to get it, and you're like, ah, I'm good, I don't want to make that sacrifice, then I think rightfully so, we would question that you love that something. Um, and and so um, it is it is very important to realize that just because um, we put some task in front of you doesn't mean that... Um, we aren't seeing that loving God is the most important thing. In fact, I'll say it again. Loving God is the most important thing. And, and um, you know, finding those ways um, to follow him with all that you have um, through, your, through your money matters, through your justice matters, through, through all, all the things that you want to do, if you start at that foundational place, that foundational place where you say, all right, God, I am loved by you, I am, I am cared for by you, and so I am going to seek peace and mercy and justice for all the people in the land, then you will be in a place that's very good. Um, and, and you'll be in a place where God was was um you know directing um i i think that john three sixteen just really points out the fact that that god's love is so extraordinary and exorbitant it's so extravagant um, because god says he loves the world that he gives and and that's one of the things i love about christmas um, is that it does get it does have this built within it this idea that if you love someone then you will look for ways to, to bless them with gifts um, and God ultimately shows that because he sends his son to die for us when we were enemies of God um, and so um, we must we must realize that the 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 love demonstrated by God because he sent his son as a gift. Um, is is what we we must understand and accept, but also it's something that we that we mirror. Um, as followers of Jesus, we are to give our lives as as a as a as an example, as a gift to those around us. Um, that's what we've been called to do. And and I think that um, it's so 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 hard because when you think about how the bible describes love it gets rid of all the wishy-washy feelings and it just says you know it, it this is what love is um and and if you say you love then then you have to have this list um and and if you don't have this list then we're then then i think rightfully so rightfully so somebody can say well then you don't have love um and, and, and so Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, what exactly, how do you describe love or how, what is love made up? What does it look like? What does God's love look like? Um, and, and it's just such an amazing list. 
um, because it it goes far beyond um, us and, and our perceptions because we obviously we we get stuck on um, what love is and we get stuck on this emotion these these uncontrollable giddy things that and that's 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 what we think when we think of love um, and God definitely has a, a different um, definition when he when he says oh well this is love um, and uh, and and so um, so yeah so we so I want to read this I'm gonna pull it up here because I think it is uh, super important to to hear this I'm gonna read from the amplified version um, chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 says this. It says, Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful, and it is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag. It is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive or easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, and hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails, it never fades and rends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when, but that when that which is complete and perfect comes, that which is incomplete and partial will pass away. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I become a man, I did away with those childish things. So many things in um, this chapter that hit pretty hard because when you think about love, I mean, just, just, just the first one. And I'm going to switch up versions here because I like doing several different ones. So NIV, NIV says this, love is patient. Love is kind. And, and then you, you just have to consider, do I practice patience with the people that I love? Am I kind to them? Because the truth is, is that um, we often have the hardest time being patient with the people that we're closest to. They, they are the ones that can annoy us the most. They're the ones that we have the least amount of grace and patience for. Um, they, they, we are harshest with them because we have that, those close connections because we we think we understand or know, or we think we can, um, we, we think we know where they're coming from or, or any of those things. And, and it's, it's backwards because it says that, that if you love, then you'll be patient and, it, and you'll be kind. I think that's sometimes so hard. Like husband and wives, they, um, they want to improve each other. And, and so they have to navigate how they can uh, be critical with each other, how they can can say when something's not right, or when they need, something needs to be different, or when something's wrong, um, 
And, and part of love is practicing that kindness that exists, um, that sometimes husbands and wives don't do. Um, but, but then you come back to this and go, all right, what is love? Love is kind. Love is patience. How am I doing at that? And, and I think that when we, when we remember that God calls us to be the same type of people that can reflect who Jesus was to the world, these are the type of things that God is calling us to know and practice and think through. What does it mean to be patient when we love? What does it mean to be kind? And how do we do that? We're celebrating a time of giving gifts right now. And, and you would be right to, to say sometimes to do that through giving gifts. So this Christmas, I hope that you, I hope that you will at least consider um, what it means to be patient and kind, what it means to give a gift, and, and whether the gift is more important than just, just showing your love. Um, and, or if you, your gift is showing your love, it's an enhanced way of showing that. Um, that's fine, too. But, I, but we should think about it. We should think about what it truly means to be passionate about loving others. We should truly think about what it means to be passionate about knowing that God loved the world and so he gave his only begotten son and that God's love is so extravagant that, it, that it's so wasteful almost is what we would say. Like, a, like, like filling the brim up on a water bottle and then just letting it fall to the, like the rest of the water fall to the ground. There's no reason to do that. It's extravagant. It's 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 overly wasteful. But that's how God's love does. It's what He does. He pours it out on us, and it just spills over and onto the ground and gets on everything because it's there's so much to it. And and the idea of a gift is in the season. It's just it's there. It's that Jesus came. He died for us, that we might have eternal life. Because he, because as he says in John three sixteen, he so loved the world that he sent his only son, and his son gladly came, and he he lived a perfect life, and he bore the punishment for our sins. But we celebrate that time, this time of his birth. So again, here's your meditation: If I say I love, but I don't have kindness, or I don't have patience, then I I have I know what I need to do. I need to pray. Take chapter 13. Work through that. First, First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Work through that list. What it means to, be, to have love. And then think about how you do in your relationships, in, in, in the, the, with the people that you meet, in your church, in your, your pastors, your friends, your family, your classmates. Do you really love? And, and how do you determine that? You take your life put it up against the list in 1 Corinthians and say, is this what I do? Is this what I do? And if not, then you know what you need to work on. So that's my challenge, you guys. Um, do you know what it is to truly love? And if not, what is it you need to work on? May you meditate upon that this week. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, being a part of this big journey. Um, I don't know where it's going to lead or what we're going to do after this, but I'm very excited about uh, having you here. And, and if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, hopefully you'll get caught up on all the other um, crazy things that I've got out there. Um, it's something I enjoy doing, and I hope that it blesses you. Hope you have a blessed uh, time with your families and a blessed time coming back and not, getting, not being too hard about getting back into work. 
Um, may God bless you. May you find love, hope, and peace this holiday season.